Thanks for listening to this Word in Your Ear podcast. If you'd like to get early access to all our productions ad-free, priority booking for our live events, and to take part in our weekly quiz, go to patreon.com slash wordinyourear for more details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to a podcast from The Word. I woke up this morning. Um, it's really cold, isn't it? In the it morning. is. It's really dark. It's really depressing. <laughs> I went downstairs. The cracking start to a podcast. <laughs> I, went down, I, I went downstairs to make a cup of tea, and I listened to a podcast where, uh, where they were talking about, I think one of the effects of Brexit was that loads of British firms just won't bother exporting. And then I listened to another podcast where people at the New York Times were seriously talking about the breakup of the United States because it was ungovernable. And wow. I got so depressed by all this. I was thinking about going back to bed, just pulling the cheats over my head. And then I thought, no, i got a really good idea for a stack one he gave. Excellent. For Mark Keller. Puts a spring <laughs> in your step. And, uh, and a twinkle so, in your toes. Here, here we go. Go on. This is the one that, right. Bands who were shortlisted for the Mercury Music Prize or craft beers. Okay. Very good. Bands who were shortlisted for the Mercury Music Prize or craft beers. That's, that's Are you ready? That's hilarious. Here we go. Yeah, go Here on. we go. Number one, Dead Pony Club. That's is a that the band that was shortlisted for the Mercury Music Prize or a craft beer? It can't possibly be a beer. That's a band. No, it's a low amplitude, high voltage hop hit, alive with flavour. It's hopped to the Pacific shores and back. Dive into aromas of citrus, lemongrass, and lime zest. That is Toasted good. Malt based ebbs to a huge hop hit, washing tropical flute, fruit. <laughs> Floral garlands and spicy undertones all over your palate. Hey! That's you, oh, God, you forged it. I mean, That's fantastic. I mean, Pony Club is the name of a beer. That's brilliant, isn't it? Okay, here we go. New Young Pony Club. Is that a band who was shortlisted for the Mercury Music Prize or a craft beer? That New has- Young Pony Club. That has to. I'm getting. I'm getting confused here because of the fact that Peter Buck had a band called Tired Pony, I think. So I'm <laughs> saying that there can't be two beers, 
with such similar sounding names. That's no, New now, New Young Pony Club are a Mercury Prize nominated English electronic music band from London. There you go. Fair okay, enough. Okay, next one. Polar Bear. Polar Bear. Is that a band who was shortlisted for the Mercury Music Prize or a craft beer? Polar Bear. I can Bear. see that as a logo on a beer bottle for some reason. So I'm going to go for... I'm, I'm saying it's a beer. <laughs> it's a British experimental jazz band led by no! drummer Seb Rochford. <laughs> These are great. This is this works. This works brilliantly. <laughs> go on, go on. Here, here we go. Unicorn Rodeo. Is that a band who was shortlisted for the Mercury Music Prize or a craft beer? <laughs> Unicorn Rodeo. Here you go. Over to you, Mark Ellen. I, I, oh dear, a Unicorn Rodeo. It's got to be a band. I just can't see anyone drinking a bottle of Unicorn Rodeo. It's a band. It's an easy. It's an easy drinking, super fresh pale ale <laughs> to make it extra pale. It's got a there four percent ABV. There we go. Go go penguin. Go go penguin. Is that go, a bad go, oh, hopeless. Don't go penguin. It's probably a. It's probably a hoppy nine uh, percent uh, fruity <laughs> ale. I'm, I'm just. I'm not. Let's go. It's it's a beer. Come on. No, it's not. The band's music features breakbeats, minimalist piano melodies, powerful bass lines, drums inspired from electronic and anthemic <laughs> riffs. So there you it's go. So There's something very funny about those long definitions being read out. I'm afraid I've got someone out for you, actually. But uh, those, <laughs> are, Dave, those are brilliant. That's absolutely fantastic. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Well, yeah, a couple more. Go on. Okay. Swamp Hog. Swamp Hog. That's a beer. Band. It's got to be a beer. It's an IPA, IPA in the New yeah, England style. I can see it. I can fancy it. Plenty of oats. What about Astronomy Domine? Astronomy Domine. Well, you'd think they were a psychedelic rock band, wouldn't you? Um, and I'm going to stick with that, actually, because I think that's a long, complicated thing. You couldn't go to the bar and ask for a pint of astronomy. If if you had two pints of it already, you wouldn't even be able to pronounce it, I wouldn't think. It is... It, it, it's uh, its description on its website of astronomy domino goes flicker 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 blam pow pow peach coconut and vanilla sabro no. and milk sugar in the dipa so it's an india pale ale that's Mark fantastic that's, that's, uh, that's, that's you i think you win out right that's hilarious well look i've got one for you now we've done we were trying to count up how many stack waddies we'd done the other day, and I think it's got to be in the mid seventies now. Could be nearly eighty. Oh, stack waddies, God, is it really? Yeah, I think no, nearly. It can't be. So therefore, the one I'm going to try on you, which is so core stack waddy, it's so central stack waddy that I've got this haunting feeling we may have done it already. But if we have, it doesn't matter. Let me try you, okay? Progressive rock yep. band or character from the Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Ca- oh. Yeah, is it worth it? Come on. I don't think we I don't think we've done it. I don't think we've done that. I don't think we have done it. And it just seems so obvious now. And we should have done it. And and that can be rectified immediately. Okay, I've got ten of them. Big elf. (laughs) (laughs) Big elf. Is that a progressive rock band? There can't be a character in Tolkien called Big Elf. It's too funny. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say progressive rock. No, you're absolutely right. They're a progressive rock band formed in Los Angeles in 1991 with a penchant for vintage gear, complex harmonies, and over-the-top live performance. Very good. Shagrat. 
<laughs> oh, good God. Uh, 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 Tolkien character. Shagrat, uh, you're doing very well. Shagrat discovered the unconscious Frodo Baggins following the Hobbit's encounter with the giant <laughs> spider Shelob, as any fool know. <laughs> Murgash. Oh my gosh. They're great names, aren't they? Oh, God. Uh, I I was saying Tolkien. I'm guessing Tolkien. God, you're doing too well. It's a uh, high-ranking black Uruk officer who served under (laughs) the Witch King of Angmar. So you're absolutely right. You're 100% so far. Sensational. Okay, Snowvi. How are we spelling that? S-N-O-V-I. Snowvi. Good grief. Progressive rock band. Uh, God, this is. How can I trip you up? It's. It, it is not indeed. It's not an orc, but it's a band from Pula, Croatia. The music they perform is oh, mainly right. instrument, instrumental and represents a fusion of progressive rock, psychedelic, and ambient motifs. It oh. says here. Okay, Lugdush. <laughs> Lugdush. <laughs> Two more from them after the news. Yeah, Lugdush. Lugdush. Band. Uh, no, no, Lugdash is one of the Uruk High Scouts led by Ugluck <laughs> that captured Merry and Pippin beneath Amon Hen and then took them westward to Isengard. <laughs> there probably be people listening here. There are probably some deep end Lord of the Rings fans listening here or probably writing and complaining you've got something wrong there. But <laughs> we that's, the, that's the detail. Not, not I've got. taking it with the appropriate seriousness. I know, I know, I know. Okay, 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 squack it. Squack it. Squack it. That's a great name, isn't it? Squack it. Oh, good God, I don't know. Toss-up. Band. Band. It is. Well, I've never heard of them. It's actually a, a band formed by Chris Squire and oh, Steve right. Hackett okay. in oh, 2012. Well. Squire and Hackett. Squack it. They're initially oh, called A Life it. Within a Day, which included oh, a reworking of the song Aliens Are Only Us From The Future. So <laughs> there we go. Squack it. I know. OK, a couple more. Harken. Oh. Band. Yeah, prog band from the multi-instrumentalist Richard Hensel. Sixth album just out called Virus. That's nice. <laughs> Azog. <laughs> oh, uh, Azog. Tolkien. Yeah, powerful orc chieftain who claimed rulership <laughs> over the abandoned dwarfish mines of Moria during the Third Age. I thought you'd know that, Dave. Okay, there was two more. Voivod. Voivod, rather. Voivod. Voivod. Voivod is is a band, yeah. Isn't it? Canadian, oh, maybe you've heard of them. Canadian prog metal band from Quebec, I've heard of them. Yeah. featuring Dennis Snake Bellinger, Daniel Chewy Mongrain, and Dominic Rocky Laroche. Because it's it's interesting, isn't it? Really? Because I I, don't, I I read Tolkien years and years ago. I've forgotten it. And but be, but a word like Voivod is not. You can't imagine Tolkien coining it, can you? Somehow it's too futuristic. Voivod. It's too Soviet. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> a, a word. very good point. <laughs> it's, it's whereas the, there, it, it's not Middle England, is it? It's no, not, it's not. Whereas Murgash yeah. and Shagrat are more kind of, 1950s. Yeah. When was written they're of the soil. They're, they're words of, of the, the soil. soil. That's right. That's right. Anyway, oh, that's carry good. on. Okay, and the last one is Gothmog. Goth- Gothmog, band or Lord of the Rings character? Lord of the Rings character. It, he, he is indeed the Lieutenant of Morgul. 
Prior to the revolt of Noldor, he was the high captain of Angband. All of those could make good band titles, couldn't they? So you've done, I think you've absolutely triumphed there, Dave. The craft beer thing was genius. Good work. Oh, Very well, good work. It's, it's, it gives so us what else is happening? So did you see the story? My, my, a... my, wife, my wife says to me, what, what are you doing this morning? I said, I, I didn't dare tell her. I, I was talking to Mark and I, I'm t- quizzing him about, you know, Mercury Music Prize winners or, or craft beers. I don't think she'd see it as work, really, would she? No, but, but anyway. she'd see it as, well, it's of national importance, isn't it? <laughs> Keep me the entertainment flag flying. So, look, did you see the story in the, in the Times by uh, Hunter Davis uh, about I, a song that he'd written about? I, I didn't. Go on. Oh, it's just a lovely story. I mean, I, I, I kind of read the story about McCartney going out to stay with him before, because I think he's done that in his, his uh, autobiography. But basically, in December 68, he and his wife and his two kids were out in Portugal in their little house, and he'd sent a postcard to McCartney saying, do come, because they're old pals, and he'd written the Beatles' official authorised biography. And he'd written to McCartney, he sent him a postcard saying, do come and stay if you want to. And suddenly in the middle of the night, there's this ringing on the doorbell. And it's it's McCartney. It's just also gives you amazing insight to McCartney's life. He suddenly decides spontaneously, having met Linda and split up with Jane, that he I probably just wanted a break to get out of the, get out of the place and just uh, just escape. And he can't get a, 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 onto a flight in time. And so Mal Evans organises a private plane, takes him to Spain, and then there's an eighty pound uh, taxi journey to uh, to. Um, Hunter's place, where he turns up with no money, and yes. uh, eighty pounds quite a lot actually, wasn't it? Nineteen sixty-eight. Was it that Hunter, much? Really? Yeah, eighty pounds. Hunter's then. He, uh, told, he told me this story when he when we had him on Word and Oh yeah, that's right. Ago. Uh, it was. It was. He had to search for all the cash he could find in the house yeah. to pay it. Anyway, go on. Anyway, over, this, over the course of the ten days that he stays, he 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 discovers that Hunter's first name is actually Edward. Edward Hunter Davis, as in the same way that McCartney is actually James Paul McCartney, and becomes obsessed with this idea and decides to write a song about him. And he writes a song called There You Go, Eddie. And he is, I think, only recently discovered that the Beatles did, did work this up and they recorded a version of it in the Let It Be sessions in, uh, in January uh, 1969. And there's now, and I think this has only recently arrived because I'd never heard of it, and various deep end fabs, pals of mine hadn't heard of it either. But There You Go, Eddie is now available on YouTube and uh, we should... Um, oh, really? We should plug it. Yeah, you can hear it. And I thought it was just such a great story. And he's just... His whole angle is, I want Paul Jackson to include this. Peter, Peter, Jackson. P- P- Peter, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson. I, I, you know, I, I'm just... I want to be immortalised in song. As you would. Because you man, imagine being, <laughs> being mentioned in a Beatles lyric. That's fantastic, isn't it? How thrilling is that? Dear Prudence. Far- so Prudence Farrow. Was, of course. Mia Farrow's sister. Dr Robert Freeman. It was also mentioned in a Beatles song. And uh, Peter Brown, who was the assistant of uh, Epstein, was mentioned in The Ballad of John Yoko. Do you remember that? Peter Brown called to say, you can make it OK, you can get married in Gibraltar near Spain. What a finely chiselled lyric that is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, didn't Joni Mitchell, well, Joni Mitchell def- definitely did say in, in her song, songs are like tattoos. That's right. They, they crown and anchor you. You know, so that you never shake them off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if if you once, you know, what was the first one that you mentioned in that list of songs? I can't remember the. Um, dear Prudence. Oh, uh, dear Prudence, yeah. being a classic case. You know that that she was there in Rishi Cash, wasn't she? Um, wasn't she? Um, and uh, and the story 
subsequently told, probably John Lennon told it in the Rolling Stone interview, um, that was that the, the Amara Richie came on to her. And I think that's something that they're still having to kind of clarify or deny 50 years later. Yeah. All because it was once in a song. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you put it in a song, it's there, particularly if it's a Beatles song. It's there forever. No one was ever quite sure if that was true, though. You know, the, well, that's what I mean. The general that's what I mean. Was that they? They? It looked like that they all collectively just decided this is a con and this is a waste of yeah. time, but possibly yeah. apart from George, and let's go home. And they needed an excuse to be able to yeah. to justify the fact they're all going to pack up and leave virtually overnight. And that excuse was, oh, he's turned out to be a bit of a bit of a perv, you know. Yeah, and um, yeah. so God knows if that was true. But, anyway. but once, but once it's in a song, you know, the, the song is, you know, is out there forever, isn't it? It you is. Know, it's, uh, it's halfway around the world before the truth has got its trousers, trousers on. Exactly. And, but imagine uh, and forevermore. But Matt Busby, Charles Hawtrey, all these people got mentioned in Beatles songs. Lovely. That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My favourite mention of a, of a, I suppose what we call an ordinary person, because mostly people write about famous people, don't they? Or, or, uh, yeah, yeah. or, or, or celebrity pals or whatever. But my favourite one is Disco 2000. Do you know that by Pulp? It's a fantastic all right, song. Yeah. Yeah. Your house is very small with wood chip on the wall, you know, and it's a song about a girl called Deborah Bone. It's a really sweet story. And it's about Jarvis Cocker was born within an hour of this girl, and their mums are both great pals. And their whole thing is that maybe the mums engineered this idea, but that th they would finish up married to each other. You know, they're inseparable friends, and they go to school, she becomes really, really fashionable, and everybody fancies her, and he becomes this kind of awkward, geeky, kind of bespectacled, slightly kind of... Uh, he just kind of loses his key with with with, uh, with with life slightly, and he's there looking at her at a far, from afar. And they kind of decide that they're all going to meet up on, on the year 2000. And it's just a lovely... But be, be there at, the, at, at 2 o'clock by the fountain down the road. It's a really moving little song. Yeah, he wonders what's happening. Sweet, to it. Yeah, it's really. She must have been absolutely knocked out with you. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a very, that's a very sweet idea to have attached to you, isn't it? It is. It's gorgeous. It's not it's gorgeous. It's not scandalous in any way. You know. I so, can yeah, remember but... our family sitting around in the, when I was very young in the nineteen sixties, talking about the year two thousand. I don't know if you ever did. What What would it be like? And we really did think it was all going to be jetpacks. That was the science science fiction fantasy, wasn't it? From kind of comics that people would commute by strapping on a kind of uh, thing with rockets on it, fly off to London. You know, hilarious. Isn't there, a, isn't there a band called? Or didn't there used to be a band called? We should have jetpacks. Oh God, like there that. was. Yes, there should be jetpacks. Something or, like that. Um, yes, it was. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Well, somebody out there will be listening and going, "It was called so and so." So anyway. We'll work it out during the break. The Word Podcast. Prime cuts of popular culture served fresh each week. So during the break, we've established the group were called We Were Promised, we were promised Jetpacks. 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 And they That's were right. from Scotland, indie group. They were a, Scot a Scottish indie group and uh, a grand tradition. The other one I remembered was Get Cape, Wear Cape, Fly. I don't know why. Get that seems related somehow. It's a memorable name. It's a it? memorable name. There was a time when all those groups, we were talking about this the other day, we've got a fuss box and we're going to use it. You know, we're going to use it. Lumpy, complicated <laughs> names just seem... I like, I like those names. I do too. Because there was I a couple, 
there's a lightness about them, but they were long, you know. And, so uh, once they got a hit, they, they had to call themselves Fuzzbox because, because <laughs> you, you go from yeah. being John Peel show favourites to 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 kind of uh, daytime radio one, and they can't cope with it. Uh, an no, ungainly title like that. But anyway, yeah. So look, in, a, in other shame. news, Alan Parsons' project. Alan Parsons, your old pal, who you interviewed, I remember, and worked at Abbey Road and all that. Alan Parsons' project are still going under the name the Alan Parsons Project Band, the project. There, there's another uh-huh. classically ungainly name, but he's suing to stop them using it because he's not in the band. So that's well, been, that's a grand tradition, isn't it? You can kind of you can kind of see that, can't you? Really? Yeah. And uh, the. Um, you know, names are. Uh, sorry about this phone's ringing. That's all right. Don't worry. Someone, yeah, my wife will get it at some point. <laughs> Eventually. Oh, no, there she is. Here we go. Oh, good God! I can't believe this. Hang on a second. We're going to hear the whole telephone conversation. Yes, he's upstairs talking to Mark Ellen. Yes, I know. Yeah, it's Craft Beers versus Mercury Music Prize winners. Yeah, that's how he spends his time. It's absolutely astonishing. I know. Well, keeps him out of mischief, keeps him off the streets, gives him a little bit of interest. Is she there? Dave, we lost you completely. Welcome to the <laughs> Word Podcast. <laughs> well, we're still recording. We're still recording. Just, Keep going. That's ridiculous. I don't know. The friends that's never done that before. That's very funny. Oh, God. <laughs> Anyway, we were talking we were, about we, that interrupted a very important conversation about the Alan Parsons project <laughs> and the project. project. No, just the, the use of names and um, well, you know, that the people trying to appropriate names, you know, that like you always talk about, isn't Roger Waters when when touring returns? When Roger Waters tours, he's billed as the genius, oh, so behind, the genius Pink behind Pink Floyd. That's Pink right, I think Floyd. So. So they get Pink Floyd in the in the billing, and you can you can kind of see where yeah, that yeah, comes yeah. from. But no, I've been um, I mean, I disappeared down various internet rabbit holes recently, um, uh, looking into the issue of the. Um, uh, of, you remember Fleetwood Mac in 1974? This is the first time that this was a a big story. Was the idea of a band, you know, touring as a group which yeah. they 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 didn't appear to be the group and this is a very instructive story because the early days you know the early 70s in Fleetwood Mac terms were a very very chaotic time you know that that Peter Green left in 1970 Jeremy Spencer left in 1971 you know walked out you know the front man walked out to join children, children of god never god, came back etc um Danny Cohen left in 1972, uh, and then the replacement, Bob Welsh, left in 1973. Under a cloud. But he was having an affair with Fleetwood's wife. wife? That's right. (laughs) Which gives you... Oh, you've got to love Fleetwood. Gives you an idea of the the level of chaos. The gift that keeps on giving. Carried on in the Fleetwood Mac at the time. And so they they effectively just kind of fell apart. They weren't doing anything. They all buggered off to different places or whatever. Leaving this guy, Clifford Davis, who had been the kind of manager agent since the early days. Cliff Davis, real name, Cliff Adams. And they didn't call him that because this is really going down internet rabbit holes. 
You remember the Cliff Adams singers who used to do Sing yeah. Something Simple on yeah. the radio? And so you couldn't have a guy called Cliff Adams anywhere associated with a rock band because it was a joke, Cliff yeah. Adams. So he, he changed his name. But anyway, somebody pointed out to me that if you here I have my copy of Mr. Wonderful, the Fleetwood Mac album from whenever. I love that cover. Almost life-size. Open it up and so we can see the entire is, is, skinny <laughs> frame of Mick Fleetwood. Isn't it great? I know. <laughs> anyway, um, really good record. Uh, and if you look at the credits on all the Peter Green songs on this album, you know, sort of Love That Burns and all that kind of stuff, it's all co-credited to P.A. Green, C.G. Adams. So we can only assume that, they, that their yeah. manager agent had, a, had an extraordinary and musical ability. Yes. <laughs> and so anyway, he was clearly knee-deep in Blue Back, you know. So he was the guy who said, well, you know, if you lot aren't going to go on tour because you're all falling out and sleeping with each other's wives and girlfriends or whatever, I'm going to put together a band to go on tour as Fleetwood Mac, which he did. And uh, this this uh, consisted of various people that he managed, including Elmer Gantry of Elmer oh, Gantry's Velvet Opera. Okay. I didn't know that. So all these, all these people. And, and, they, and they just turned up to start playing in, in the States because that was where the Fleetwood Mac made their money in, um, in the beginning of 1974. And uh, first date, I think, at Pit in Pittsburgh, and uh, and the promoter's there, and he watches these guys go past him off the tour bus into the into the Fleetwood Mac dressing room, and he thinks, I don't recognise any of them, and I've booked Fleetwood Mac before, and there doesn't appear to be a six foot six drummer either, you know, who tends to be. And if I know, don't recognise them, then the audience may take exception <laughs> to paying a hefty <laughs> He takes it up with, you know, with the manager and there's, you know, the, there's some physical exchange of some kind goes on there. And so anyway, he decides that, oh, he's just going to let him go on. And apparently they went down quite well, actually, because the audience were too, too kind of stoned. And also Fleetwood Mac changed members so often. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. That, that people were quite used to And the most recognisable member was behind the drums, so you couldn't necessarily, he wasn't kind of forefront of your mind, was Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So anyway, I mean, the tour kind of staggered on a bit when, you know, and it was eventually abandoned. Uh, there was a famous show in New York where Elmer Gantry obviously decided, uh, you know, laryngitis was his best policy to get out of this, what was it, <laughs> becoming an increasingly grisly thing, you know. Oh, I can't sing, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and they announced to the audience, this this, uh, this may not appear to be Fleetwood Mac. If you want your money back, you can have it, or you can st- you stick around. They, they, they took the stage without the singer, and they just said, we're going to jam a bit. Just oh, to charge. Imagine the, still so a, a band who aren't actually Fleetwood Mac, <laughs> who didn't write any of the songs and don't have a but singer then, doing instrumental voice. Oh, God. So the interesting thing is that Elmer Gantry and another member of the band, um, whose name I can't remember, uh, are still around, and they were on Johnny Walker's programme on Radio 2 only a few years ago, uh, talking about this incident, and they still claim... To this day, that this was cooked up with the connivance of Mick Fleetwood, that Mick Fleetwood knew all about it and and had agreed that this was going to go on and he was going to join them in the tour later on. Wouldn't he have made some money from performance rights? If a band is playing your songs, aren't you? Aren't you? Well, well, he wouldn't have written them anyway, would he? I mean, but no, No, that's true. The, the idea is that they still say this was supposed to be a way of changing the membership of Fleetwood Mac and that he would continue in the group, but then he got cold feet and he didn't do it. <laughs> who, who knows the truth? Yeah, couldn't you know? make it up. But That's a great story. And if you're, if you're Elmer Gantry, you must think, I was this close. You know, Absolutely. I was this close to being a member of Fleetwood Mac. And and isn't it nice to know that in some small corner of a foreign field, there was a conversation about Elmer Gentry's Velvet Opera going on now. Oh, God. I thought it was absolutely extraordinary. That's That's a a brilliant And and so, yeah, it sent me back to my my old copy of uh, Mr. Wonderful. And I don't know if he still gets, uh, if he still gets uh, royalties from... uh, from his, he's clearly is is you know his distinctive musical contribution. Those, uh, <laughs> it's obvious to everybody, uh, you know, to uh, to those songs. So yeah, the, the, and nowadays we all accept, surely, and I think this case in 1974 was the first indication of it. We all accept that the most valuable thing any band has is their name. It's the most completely. important thing. It's the most important thing because they all keep going 40, 50 years later. On that Roger day. Waters being the first to discover that. I remember him telling well, me in an interview talking about being in, I think it's in Philadelphia, and he's playing a, a half-empty 3,000-seater venue in about 1988. And across the road, a band called Pink Floyd are selling out a kind of 70,000-seater stadium, playing all of his songs. <laughs> 
And he said, what a, what a terrible moment that was, you know. And you kind of realised, because I think he thought, oh, I, I am Pink Floyd, you know, people, everyone knows that, you know. Everyone knows it. No, they don't. No, they no, don't. They, don't. they can only yeah. be attached to one name. This is a junction in the Word podcast. It separates that bit from this next bit. So we're joined by Alex. Alex, have you been up late again, um, carrying on your marathon viewing of the entire Marvel franchise? Yeah, it's still going. It's it's starting to feel like a bit of a slog, to be honest, but I'm, I'm committed and uh, I'm going to do it. I'm less than halfway through the four gazillion hours you need to spend. I'm, I'm on season two of Daredevil at the moment and they've just um, introduced immortal people, which I've been waiting for, I've been waiting for something like that to happen because it's basically been like a law drama with lots of fighting. Um, I needed some supernatural action and I've got it. So that's, that's boosting me for the next... I love the idea that you're not even halfway through and it's already becoming a bit of a chore, but you've got to persevere. You've started, so you'll finish. I've got to do it because they're bringing some more stuff out as of this month, so I've got to be up to date. Oh my Otherwise, God. You know, what's, what's well, I'm, do, I'm doing completely the opposite. I'm, I'm only watching films made in the 1940s or 1950s. What do you watch? That's my, that's my new rule. I've uh, during the last week, I mean, there's a load of this stuff on the BBC iPlayer at the moment. It's really good. Now, I've watched the like Citizen Kane and Sullivan's Travels, Strangers on the Train. Uh, the apartment, Marnie, all this kind of stuff. No, Marnie's 60s. God, it? Citizen um, Kane, let me stop you there. Citizen Kane, as I recall, there's the, there's the election in that, where they, they, the, the two sides, two uh, opponents, try and stitch each other up, uh, you know, don't they, and slander each other's names and get each other well, arrested. There and is the there's the suggestion of voter fraud if he loses. Is, we were just looking at it last night, and the new, the, he owns the newspaper newspapers obviously and so there's a scene of the editor going you know showing the two potential front pages one is Kane wins election and the other is massive voter fraud the voter fraud that's right voter fraud it goes which one's it gonna go it says massive voter fraud you thought oh my god these films these films are fresh as paint. They're you know, amazing. They, and they're they're just extraordinary. And I tell you, the, the two things that get me about all these films is, is they're con- so concise, you could sit down after you watch them and you could write down the plot. You could remember the key things that happened in the stories, which I defy anybody to do with the contemporary film because the plots are just too complicated. It's like the only person who understands them is the writer. There's two things. There's that, they're concise, well-plotted. And the other thing is they're hard as nails, these films. They're really tough. They have a really tough view of human nature. You know, they do. Against which most films made nowadays have got this kind of Pollyanna-ish That's that so true. Cool. They're, they're brutal. They're come better. They're the way people treat innocent. each other is absolutely brutal. You're absolutely right. But I think there might be an element of being able to see films more than once where if it's a particularly different plot, you can go back and re-watch it and yeah. understand things. But God, still so I, Ken, I can still remember lines from that. At one point he says, I don't think you'll like Chicago. He says, the wind comes howling in from the lake and gosh knows if they've even heard of Lobster Newburg. You think, that is just great writing. <laughs> it's brilliant. It was it Mankiewicz, wasn't it? It's fantastic. It's I Mankiewicz, wish there was a film, there's a film about there's I wish a the film, film I have, I have, and I thought it was kind of all right, but I, all right, here's my, here's my challenge. Citizen Kane, go and watch it, now write down the plot, 
Mank, go and watch it and write down the plot. You can't do the second one. Can't be a word town. No, and the there's second one actually it, it has the same wafty. kind of uh, you know uh, you know reflections on the past and uh, structures very similar. Actually, there's a lot of kind of flashing back to what's happened before, but they do it in a very mysterious way, a very very complicated, difficult way. Yeah. So I've rediscovered the joys of the thing called the DVD player, Alex. There oh, it is. Nice. I, I found a, this is. I've, I've, I, I tell you what I found. I found something very exciting only last night, which is an unopened DVD. Look at that. Oh my gosh. Is that Bonnie and Clyde? That's Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, which yeah. I obviously, I obviously bought uh, in, in some kind of HMV two for £10 deal. And I've never even taken the. Uh, that's a good film. Absolutely, it is. It is. So I'm graduating from the 40s and 50s to the 60s, I suppose. That's I've got an unopened. Uh, I went to Sweden a few years ago, and a friend of mine he runs a label over there called Cosmos, and it's kind of the the beggars group of Scandinavia, I suppose. And I get to his office, and he knows I'm an Oasis fan, and he gives me this huge Oasis box set as as a prezi. Uh, because they did all their stuff over there. And uh, I've still got it completely unopened. It's got about 15 records in there and booklets and all kinds of oh. ephemera. But I, I've had it about eight years and I still can't bear to take the cellophane but off and open it. If you ever get to the end of the Marvel Universe, oh, the phone's ringing again. That's really good news. Oh, no. <laughs> Great. I enjoy this. Oh, <laughs> damn, she's got it this time. <laughs> what a shame. Oh, I do it. I tell you what I also watch actually, which is also on the BBC iPlayer, which I really recommend all all the BBC iPlayer films, all the old films, fantastic. Zulu. Oh, Zulu's I watch Zulu great. Again. Zulu's fantastic. Zulu is a really good film, and um, and I was I tweeted to the I mean I always knew it was a really good film, but it still stands up as a really good film, and uh, and I tweeted to the to the the um, the effect that. The impressive thing about Zulu is the soundtrack. It's the noises. It is. It's the, it's the, the drumming. The thudding of, of bare feet on ground. It's yeah, fantastic. Absolutely. The guns. And uh, and uh, Chris Llewellyn, our old, old colleague, yeah, old, yeah, yeah. Uh, pointed out to me that, that loads of the crowd noise in Gladiator, okay, many years later, is sampled from Zulu. Oh, wow. That's brilliant. Interesting. Peak <laughs> crowd they, noise. It's just, it's just brilliant. My favourite line in Zulu is where one of the uh, infantry is sent to the top of the ridge to see if he can just, just to see if he can report what's going on. I think you remember yeah. this. Yeah, yeah. And he yeah, comes yeah. back with the immortal phrase, saying, what's happening up there, soldier? He says, uh, he says Zulu, Sarge. Thousands of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but he just said thousands of them. And you're sitting there thinking, oh, my God, they're going to have a rough time. It's yeah, a great song. Like what, else would you expect of, what else would you expect? A view of Torquay? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, they're all... Uh, Stanley Baker is fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, and, of it course, it's a kind of Welsh production, isn't it, really? Stanley Baker produces it. And <clears throat> and it's about a Welsh... They were a Welsh group of soldiers, weren't they? And he yeah. got Richard Burton to do the... Um, excuse me, I've got to have a drink of water. To do the narration at the beginning and at the end. And so Richard Burton obviously was only there for like half a day's work, but 
he is such a memorable part of it. You know what I mean? He is. Just, just hearing what a voice, Richard Burton. My God, what it's a fantastic. voice. So, there are loads of films you can watch, Alex, if you decide to step out of your Marvel universe. There, are, there's it's a world out there. there. There's other stuff out there. Yeah. So here we are in 2021, which I couldn't leave unremarked without pointing out the fact that it's 50 years since the Annas Mirabilis of the rock and roll album 1971. I should really write a book. As immortalised, uh, let's plug it heavily, <laughs> see if people aren't aware, in a book by David Hepworth. Yeah, in a book by David Hepworth. Unput down. And so... And so uh, uh, I, 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 when I was working on the book, I, I, I kept a kind of diary of, uh, you know, week by week through the year, things that happened in 1971, this week in 1971. And um, this week in 1971 was the, was the last gig at Mother's in Birmingham. And uh, Mother's was the first kind of, it was the first legendary outside London venue, wasn't it, Mark? It was. I mean, do you re- you know, it was, the, it was the place everybody wanted to play. It was the hit place to play, you know. And there weren't any hit places to play in those days. There was there were students' unions, and then there were kind yeah, of... Yeah, it was mostly, mostly college campus venues. Yes, absolutely. Whereas Mother's was, you know, was, yeah, was supposed to have a kind of funky ambience that everybody wanted to be, be in. And, um, and it's where bands used to spend a lot of time after hours jamming. Pink Floyd, the live tracks on Umagoma, I think, are recorded I think they are, at yeah. Mothers. And the amazing thing about Mothers, I only discovered this when I was researching my book, is it was it was on the first floor above a furniture store, furniture store in the, in Erdington High Street in Birmingham. It was the glamour ab- above a shop. <laughs> Imagine that, you know, imagine what the noise must have been like for this place. It's absolutely extraordinary. But everybody played there, you know, uh, Fleetwood Mac, John Mayle, uh, Free, Roy Harper, Straubs, Coliseum, Elton John, King Crimson, Candied. Everybody played Mothers in Birmingham. But it was its, its last night was, uh, was this week. It closed its doors on the 3rd of January. 1971. So it only had a quite a brief period. Is there a the plaque sun. on the wall? There should be. I think there is. I think there is a plaque on the wall. There really um, uh, Yeah, it's uh, yeah. Blue plaque was unveiled oh, right. on, on the 13th of July, 2013. It was. Uh, it was. It was the place. You know that. It was anywhere where you know Pink Floyd played. You know. Uh, if you go there now, I think you probably find a small knot of people in in damp greatcoats, <laughs> gathered with That's a guttering like, candle. <laughs> I suppose you would. I suppose you would. And uh, and this week in uh, in 1971, well, it's obviously you know, Paul McCartney had uh, had uh, served the writ to wind up the Beatles on on New Year's Eve of 1970, uh, and so it was the beginning of all that of all that time in court. Do you know what was number one in the British charts? It's extraordinary to think. Dave Edmonds with I Hear You Knocking. Good God, was it really? Wow. Yeah, it was. It was a, it was it a big was, deal, uh, wasn't it? Well, yeah, absolutely. For a long time on and off, really. He came back in, in varying diff- various different guises, didn't he, really? 
Um, when did the Lennon Remembers interview came out? Because he, he gave that in December, didn't he? It must have come out January 71. It came out, well, it came out two parts. I can't remember the actual the actual date. Can you remember that? that? Can you remember that being published? Like oh, it. God, yeah. Lennon Remembers. Lennon one, Remembers. Two. It was phenomenal. Where he described himself as, as the genius in the band. And he said a lot of the Beatles' work was dishonest. And yet he himself was so monstrously dishonest. At one point, he's asked when his, Paul, his songwriting partnership with McCartney ended. He said, around 1962. You think that's the It was so bitchy. It, he, was. He, he, it was a classic case that... that um, he set out to destroy the reputation of the Beatles. Completely. He said McCartney had treated him and Harrison as sidemen throughout. And he <laughs> said George Martin's contribution was merely as a translator. I mean, it was just cruel, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, 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 I know. He said, well, you, well you've, got to be, you've got to be a bastard to make it. We were the biggest bastards of all. I don't think they were. I mean, I'm sure they had that, that side of them. But he yeah, just... Yeah. He felt he the only way he could he could hold up John Lennon as an individual was by denigrating the Beatles completely, and, and he knew what impact was going to have because I think he went abroad oh, when it came out. When yeah, he, he did he went to Spain or something, put his head under a pillow, didn't he? No, he went to Japan. He went Japan. to Japan. He went to Japan. That's right. He went to Japan. They hid because he knew how much Ferrari I know. would cost. Well, so, sorry, you know. Yeah. So it was the in Sarafina, which Ringo remembers takeoff. Uh, where Ringo remembers um, doing the Goldfinger Bond theme, but there's a really Beatlesy Bond theme where he's Goldfinger, Goldfinger, oh, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely amazing. Brilliant. Of them, and there's one where he remem remembers McCartney doing um, Wonderful Christmas Time, but in in this universe, it's it's erotic Christmas time, and McCartney's basically singing about getting off with all his lady guests, and he gets escorted off by police. It's brilliant. There's a whole That's very of funny. And uh, Peter Serafinowicz plays all the Beatles um, in, in a course with, but it's, it's worth checking out for sure. And Which he does brilliantly. He's all four of them. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Got the accents just right. <laughs> so that's 1971 this week in uh, in 1971, which we, we should probably revisit next week, won't we? Let's see what happened in the following week. What well, any other business, Alex? We got to talk about. We have some new patrons. Oh, go on, lovely. It was good uh, to know. So yeah, we should welcome Ian McNally. Good man, Ian. <coughs> Anne Wright. Good. Hello, Anne. Uh, guitar PK. And Who was that? Guitar. Guitar PK. That's fantastic. What a money. Okay. Yeah. We like the sound of him or her. And David Burgess. Bless him. Oh, welcome. Bless him. It's lovely to have you all aboard. And uh, we hope to see you on the Friday Night Quiz, which is returned for our uh, special treat for Patreon supporters. Uh, started a new season last Friday. And we'll be continuing uh, next Friday. We'll continue to be where we've got more exciting word in your attics uh, coming up in the next week. Uh, we're recording at least one next week. Yeah, and uh, there'll be lots more coming down the pike, if that's the appropriate expression. It is now. Uh, anything? It is now. <laughs> down the pike. <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by The Word. Imagine 
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.